0: Hello, and welcome to Movies We Dig, the podcast about movies, ancient history, archaeology, and everything in between. I'm Elijah Fleming.
1: And I'm Colin McCormick.
0: We're two nerdy academics who research and teach on a variety of topics concerning ancient Greece and Rome. In addition to being professional nerds, we're also film nerds. We love movies, especially ones about our field, and we love talking about them even more. We're not about criticizing movies for lack of historical accuracy or anything like that, Rather, we're just talking about how these movies incorporate things like history, myth, archaeology, and how it works or doesn't work.
1: Yeah. And so today, Eli and I were going to be talking about Clash of the Titans, directed by Louis Leterrier, the 2010 remake of the cult classic 1981 sword and sandal adventure film. So Eli, first question we kind of always start off with, what's your exposure to this movie and and do you dig it?
0: I don't dig this movie. I think I did when I first saw it. I watched this movie on an airplane. Uh, <laughs> you know, there this this movie
1: reeks of airplane movie.
0: Airplane movies that just sort of uh, that's where you watch them, and it was I think fun at that time, where I was like, sure, I have, I'm very bored on this very long flight, so let's watch a silly movie. However, upon my rewatch, I do not dig it. It doesn't. It doesn't do it for me. <laughs> Like to yeah. bury this one.
1: <laughs> yeah, I kind of in the same boat. I'm trying to remember. I think I saw it in theaters when it came out. I'm trying to. Where was I in 2000? 2010? I would have been like a sophomore in college or something like that. I, I, I in my mind, I want to say like maybe saw this on a date. Ooh. And I think I don't actually remember but I do not dig this movie. I have so many, this is one of those movies that I kind of, that, that, that keep me awake at night. And I argue about in the shower to myself where I just kind of (laughs) mull over like plot holes and inconsistencies and confusing things. Cause for this one, this movie just compounds on there's so many, like that doesn't make any sense moments that like, I like get. I tend to get really hung up on, on things like that.
0: Yeah. Well, I think I didn't fully realize how much of the plot, comes from the 1981 original movie yeah like, have I have you, never so, seen
1: okay I've, I've seen it although it's been a long time and I remember relatively little it's a much longer movie than I think I remembered I was actually okay, looking back over bits of that movie before this and I was like I don't remember this part at all <laughs> but I'm I'm pretty sure I've seen it although that movie is sort of most it's like it's I guess it's sort of a cult classic but it's not like I don't think most people don't really uphold that one as, like, a particularly good movie. Like, it's it's enjoyable, but it's, like, kind of campy and a little silly and not really, like... That movie, actually, it's funny to think about. That movie came out, like, four years after the first Star Wars.
0: <laughs> Which is funny to think about.
1: <laughs> yeah, because that, like, you would think that... Because it, it's got that classic sort of claymation effects. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's really what it's most remembered for. But... Yeah, outside of that, so in, in a lot of ways, this this 2010 remake was sort of, it was kind of almost ripe for a remake because, like, it wasn't like, it wasn't like, say, a movie like Robocop or Ghostbusters where you had this, like, really beloved original that the remake is going to piss people off right. or be sort of just held as subpar. Like, the, 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 the bar to clear for this 2010 remake was not high. <laughs> but yet, I think this one's actually kind of worse than the original.
0: I guess they were trying to do too many different things things well because i think first of all like this it works as a video game Mm -hmm. because the whole thing is you know chosen one uh you know perseus is the son of zeus he's like finds this out and you know call to a quest and you have yeah. to find the one thing to get the information about the other thing to go finally get the thing to kill the big boss at the end.
1: Could, yeah, so the, the God of War franchise came out in like 2005, and this sort of seems like following in that vein. Although I will plug the newest God of War game, fantastic. The early <laughs> ones, I don't endorse. They're fine, Maybe. But, but yeah, it, it's very, but the, but the thing that like bugs me is it's it's like, I'm okay with like a simple fetch quest plot with a sort of band of heroes. Sure. But this movie is, it's so sort of confusing and contradicting and the band of heroes are kind of forgettable. I will say small point to this movie's credit. It does have jokes, which is something we complained <laughs> about in the last couple movies. Yeah. 300 accepted, but Alexander, jokeless. joke-less. Troy, Just mirthless. (laughs) This one has jokes. They're not the best jokes. I did like the flute gag, but...
0: Yeah. (laughs) So... For some reason, it kind of reminds me of at least tonally with that like sort of swashbuckly adventure story Mm -hmm. of like Pirates of the Caribbean.
1: Yes. Mm -hmm. It like,
0: it has this sort of like, we're seriously fighting monsters, but we also have like, you know, a duo of crazy antics that are. Mm -hmm. uh,
1: Yeah. So I think, so there's like a couple of things going on in this movie that we can sort of talk about in order that that are sort of the influencing. I think the reasons behind why this movie ended up looking the way it does. Yeah. And the first is we, we we've been talking about it. the first is it's it's a readaptation of another movie. So there's a lot of things in this movie that are clearly based on the 1981. Um, and we can get to, but like the fact that there's a Kraken, the way Medusa, the Medusa arc, the way Medusa even looks. Right. I'm going I'm to talk about her later. The Pegasus element, those are all sort of from the original, but then there's others, these other sort of layers and like the, this like sort of video game-ness that you've been talking about. The fact that actually the script seemed to have a very long belabored process that the the script sort of process started in 2002. And you can read about this on on Wikipedia and the original draft of the script sounds... Wild because it involved multiple pantheons. It wasn't just Greek. The, the main villain was originally gonna be Tiamat, who's from Mesopotamian mythology. She's this I mean if you're if you're a fan of DD, she's in that universe the queen of evil dragons, but in Mesopotamian myth, she's this sort of sea entropic chaos monster thing. Uh, Other gods that were going to show up in that script included Marduk, who's another Mesopotamian sort of hero god, Osiris and Thoth, who are from Egypt. There was some kind of earth goddess that was going to be the original love interest for Perseus. So it's just like all over the place. And then it passed through different hands. One of the hands it passed through actually was Lawrence Kasdan, who sort of famously wrote Empire Strikes Back and had a hand in Indiana Jones and a bunch of other movies. And then it eventually sort of arrived in its final form. See, there's like all these, and I think there's all sorts of parts where it seems like there's multiple different movies embedded in this movie and it Mm -hmm. didn't know which one it was going to be, which is why there's parts that really sort of like don't jive. There's like a weird dissonance (laughs) between different scenes, but underneath all that. And I guess the first thing we should talk about the sort of baseline for this movie is the Perseus myth.
0: Yeah. Which I mean, comes from a lot of, different ancient sources there are various versions of the perseus myth and not one of them is you know considered more correct than the other Mm -hmm. so i guess the adherence to any one of those is not certainly not my problem or my issue it's it's i guess that he's not really a character like he no
1: yes (laughs) like perseus the myth or this perseus because i think both are kind of neither
0: (laughs) yeah both i guess um, I mean, famously, a lot of our Greek heroes are terrible people who sort of stumble into their, you know, adventures, I guess, and are mm-hmm. helped along by various sometimes female characters. Mm-hmm. Jason and yeah. Medea is a- another one. Yeah. But uh, this also this, I guess, movie Perseus is not really a character.
1: <laughs> Both of them are what I would sort of call like a cipher like the idea that like they're sort of a blank shell of a person that like the reader or the viewer or whoever could potentially insert themselves into. And that way they are, That again, like the video game-ness. It's yeah. very much like if you play like Skyrim is the one that always jumps to me. Because if you play like Skyrim or a game like that, your character is silent. They don't talk. <laughs> they can look like whatever. And right. they can have whatever skills. But they don't really have much of a sort of voice or personality because it's, it's you, the player. And yeah, so... This Perseus is, is I think, kind of cipher-like. He's also Sam Worthington. Twenty ten was a wild year because I guess Sam Worthington. There was, a, there's an alternate timeline where Sam Worthington is like the biggest action blockbuster <laughs> hero ever. Yeah, we are not in that timeline because nope. he had Avatar,
0: mm-hmm. and then he
1: had this, and then he had the sequel to this, and, then and I, I don't think I've seen a movie with him in it since disappeared. Yeah, but the yeah the Perseus myth. Perseus is kind of the like when I taught a mythology course. I think the last one I taught was was two falls ago. But like I use Perseus and this is not original to me. I know a lot of other professors have done this, use Perseus as the sort of textbook example of like a hero's journey myth. He is, he fits it almost exactly. Right. Like in the Luke Skywalker, Harry Potter model. Yep. You know, he, he gets, he, he goes through all the steps. He gets his help from the gods. He gets his sort of his, his, there's the struggles and the rewards. And it's, he's a very sort of, he's like your archetypal sort of hero journey person. And there's sort of two ways I think you can go with that. And one is that you end up with a sort of depthless character or like a sort of cypher like character. He's sort of not personality. Like he's just sort of jumping from task to task, completing objectives. Mm -hmm. But on the flip side, that's also a sort of wonderful blank slate upon which you could potentially spin out drama and character.
0: Yeah. You could do so many things with this blank slate. And I, yes, it's, uh i guess disappointing Mm
1: -hmm. that there was
0: almost nothing
1: (laughs) and this this movie does another sort of thing that's i think pretty common in movies about greek mythology which i don't actually think is a fault i don't think it's a bad thing but it does the like let's try to cram in every single iconic thing from greek mythology into this story (laughs) for the audience to recognize not necessarily because it like belongs in the story or makes sense or like would add something so like there's there's always got to be a pegasus Mm -hmm. there's always got to be not always but there's got to be a pegasus there's got to be journeys to the underworld where you cross the river Styx Mm -hmm. which is original to this movie it's not at all in the Perseus myth Medusa is located in like libya or something like that she's in like the far yeah, west of north africa or something like that in the underworld <laughs> no yeah there's no like journey to the Un- other heroes have to do journey to the underworld things right we call them a catabasis but not perseus he doesn't that's not original to him
0: well i think like fighting monster like fighting a large monster could also mm-hmm. be one of those things it sort of depends yeah. on the monster but like Hercules, at various points in that myth, defeats large-ish, unnatural mm-hmm. creatures.
1: Mm-hmm. And yeah. I mean,
0: Perseus does, I think, fight a sea monster when he yeah. rescues Andromeda. Not the Kraken. It's not a Kraken.
1: <laughs> because a Kraken. Well, uh, I was gonna say, in addition to sort of cramming in the iconic Greek myth stuff, like Pegasus, and Medusa, all that, all that goodness. We've also got the Kraken, which is originally from like Scandinavian mythology. Mm-hmm. We've got Jinn, which are Arabic. Those are like the guys in desert that look like they're made out of driftwood. That was we can talk about the jinn later. Yeah. It sort of just piles on other stuff. I suspect the jinn is kind of a is a is a remnant, like a, a sort of footprint of that original yeah. script where that was sort of the Greek uh pantheon is sort of nested within all these other pantheons.
0: Mm-hmm. That
1: would make sense to me. But yeah. So, yeah, there's sort of a. This movie almost kind of goes for like the lowest common denominator yes. of the Perseus sort of telling.
0: And I think some of that sort of plays into something that I think we've seen certainly in the past two movies is like the sort of Americanization of <laughs> <Yeah>. ancient Greece, <laughs> sort of pushing Just... <laughs> ideals and perceptions.
1: The first scene, and you wrote this down, and I saw you wrote it down, and I wrote a little comment. Because in the first scene on Olympus, and we see Zeus and the other gods standing right behind Zeus is a bald eagle.
0: It infuriates me.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I was like, the bald, which is like... And my, like, sort of pedantic brain, my pedantic lizard brain just went, like, well, like, bald eagles are from North America. Yep. (laughs) But...
0: But I mean, that's such a weird thing to do. It's like, yes, Zeus is sometimes associated with eagles, but does it have to be a bald eagle?
1: Yeah, I mean, you might as well just had like a big, like, star-spangled, you know, thing yeah, right behind him.
0: Exactly. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So this, this I think leads to my my biggest topic that like perplexes and confounds and and and, and, and at times sort of aggravates me about. Clash of the Titans is the, like of the many sort of confusions and contradictions, the biggest is the most central of just like, what is the relationship between gods and people? Because the movie is sort of telling us very different showing and telling us very different things at different times. Like, mm-hmm. are they a tyranny? Are they an unjust tyranny that we need to overthrow? The, they keep saying that Zeus loves humans. I see no evidence of that. Nope. (laughs) He kind of, he might love Perseus or he helps Perseus. I'm not sure that's love. All the people throughout the story are kind of like, I don't need the gods, F the gods. I don't want to take their help. But then at the end of the movie, it's just Zeus sort of helps Perseus. Perseus defeats the Kraken with divine aid. And then Zeus just kind of comes down and it's like, all right, things are cool now. We stopped Hades and none of it makes any sense.
0: No, no, it's, There's no evidence of, like, the gods being that tyrannical badness, Mm -hmm. I guess. But there's also no evidence of them liking mortals either. So it it seems like a very, I don't know, almost, like, Christian view of what pagan worship should be like. Do you know what I mean?
1: Uh, Yeah. And, yeah, like you said, there's... We see no evidence of, like, why Argos are rebelling against the tyranny. Like, what is it that – I mean, they say that the gods sort of need human prayers. Yeah. Which in that case, like, then why were the gods ever pissing off humans in the first place? Right. And then the the humans are sort of – why anyone – like, well, Zeus does that 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 creepy shit stolen from the Hercules myth where he impersonates Acrisius. As, right. And he impersonates Acrisius to, to sleep with his wife and mm-hmm. – which, And also, the movie is sort of re, like that's a real like Zeus does some weirdly shitty things, and then like the also like the central plan because I guess like Hades's plan. Well, I'm gonna call him Voldemort because it's it's he yes. is Ray Fiennes has, has not deviated from nope. Harry Potter, Correct. he's doing basically the same voice. I think yep. he was really, I think he really kind of phoned it in. Uh, <laughs> I think everyone phoned it in, but but yeah, I guess Hades's plan. Is to stir up conflict between humans and Zeus, so Zeus will punish the humans with the Kraken, but then the humans will stop praying to Zeus, and Hades like thrives off human fear or something like that.
0: Are we thinking too hard about it?
1: <laughs> no, yeah, one hundred percent. Like this is me. Like, like all, I saw it the day or two ago, and I spent all yesterday just like trying to like do the like plot math in my head because it makes no sense. And I think you're right. I think like the, the answer is not to think about it and I'm already falling into that trap.
0: Right. Well, cause I, the thing that stands out to me is like one of the first big um, like events is when they topple Zeus's statue into the water mm-hmm. and it's just sort of the characters like come upon this happening. And there's mm-hmm. no like, why are we toppling a statue of and zoops. then yeah,
1: and then we we get to Argos and it's like all of our soldiers are dead in our like war against the gods, which we don't <laughs> know why it started or what they, or how do you even win a war against the gods because in the next scene Hades shows up and don't. just vacuum tornadoes everybody yeah. in the room into his tornado and then I was like even if the gods sucked I might still not go to war with them if they could just do that
0: yeah right Uh yeah but I do think there it gets to a point where it's like I am putting too much intellectual thought into. Trying to decipher i'm lot. I'm already
1: too far gone. This, I'm gonna have to add this movie to the list of like movies that consume that will like consume my being up there with the <laughs> Cars movie, which is a movie that I have been having an existential crisis about since it came out. <laughs> are the cars living? Are they organic or inorganic? Do they reproduce or are they made? Why are there male and female cars?
0: <laughs> yeah, we're I could too go hard on. about it. I'm thinking too hard about it.
1: We, we should have a bonus episode where I just go on about the Cars. <laughs> We actually when I was driving to your wedding with one of our friends oh, in the no. car we got into like a 45 minute tangent about <laughs> the, like the insaneness of the cars movie universe
0: it is a little disturbing if you think about it too hard
1: just like clash of the titans 2010
0: yes it's a little disturbing if you think about it too hard but yeah
1: there's just they're so contradictory and just the way the relationship to the gods nothing makes sense yeah and again I suspect this is because of the the sort of the, the different layers that the script went through right. and the different directions that this movie wants to go. Because the original movie sort of like, like the original Perseus myth, the gods are just kind of there kind of playing puppet master with the heroes. Yeah. They kind of, they, they'll, they'll give the heroes, you know, gifts and bonuses and, and, and special weapons and give them little nudges when they need, but they don't, yeah, they're, they're not really, it's not like the, and then there's another part of this movie where I think some of the writers really wanted it to be some kind of dark, gritty, like, the gods are bad. We need to overthrow the gods. I'm not sure if this ties into some kind of sort of political angst in circa the year 2010. I (laughs) think that also might be a little overthinking this movie. Maybe. But, but yeah, this, this idea that, and which I think there is, there's bones for that story because in Greek myth, the gods do terrible things to people. They're they're petty and sort of capricious getting involved with a god one way or another, whether even if you, there's people that clearly like spurn the gods or, say things like they're more beautiful than the gods or are more fortunate or better at something than a god, and then a god will come down and swiftly put them in their place. There's ample sort of stories of this. Yeah, Like Arachne is the one that just jumped to my head, but there's like 20 others we could probably think of, maybe not 20. But then there's also people that just, they get involved with gods sort of just either through sort of like lust or love affairs that sort of suffer as a result. Essentially in Greek myth, if you run into a god, you get involved in a god's business, you're probably going to come out of the entire situation worse for wear.
0: Yeah, it's really bad news for whoever runs into a god. Because they're all sort of like, I don't want to say evil, but they're sort of self centered.
1: They're all chaotic neutral. That's how I would describe yeah. that.
0: And this movie definitely tried. Well, I mean, Hades is portrayed as evil, like actually evil. Mm-hmm. In that sort of aligning with like underworld devil, sort of Satan esque.
1: I think yeah in, in a lot of like modern sort of popular media hades is often sort of slotted as the villain which yeah. i think is very much rooted to like a sort of like judeo-christian fear of yeah, death or sure. like the death is evil or wrong we're in, in actually in greek myth hades is sort of a neutral being he's, yeah
0: he's just there like everything... he's dark and
1: gloomy but he's also like inevitable like we all end up with yeah. hades one way or the other exactly um, he's not necessarily malicious Mm-mm. he doesn't he doesn't have grander aspirations he's kind of he he has he actually in, in sort of a lot of names for him like dis and pluto and latin mean actually wealth because he says so because everything kind of comes down he also lives in the earth where there's lots of like wealth and mineral yeah. things like that yeah. but he's not like a malicious no figure like in this or say in like the disney hercules and yeah and it, there's the the movie sort of comes into these all sorts of problems that it's like do we want to overthrow Zeus? And it's in the same way that like in God of, in the God of War franchise, not to bring that up, but Zeus kind of is the main antagonist because he's this sort of paranoid despot, mm. which is, is, I think a t- is definitely a take on Zeus. Yeah. Of which there's, there's, there's a lot of material for, and then not to give away the spoilers for like a 10 year old game franchise, but <laughs> in that arc of the first three God of Wars, you basically are like fighting your way up the Olympian chain until you kill Zeus.
0: I mean, that. That doesn't surprise me, I guess. It's like at the same sort of level of we're sort of pushing all of the malice and the ambition onto Hades. We definitely like wash over all of the ambition and the malice (laughs) and the tyranny of Zeus. Yeah. Like rapes a woman in Clash of the Titans. And he's Mm -hmm. still like the good guy, Question
1: and the and well, yeah, first of all, there's like there's a very sort of casual honor killing in this movie, yep. and then the the guy that Zeus was trying to to hurt ends up being this this monster is because of it. but then, but if anything like that, like zeus's like that rape sort of justifies the whole like war against the gods. And then Perseus, like again, yeah, Perseus is like, I never want to be associated with you, which makes sense I don't sure. think, I don't, like that part I would get. But then at the end of the movie, Perseus is just like, him and Zeus are chill inexplicably
0: inexplicably
1: (laughs) yeah and there's just like on top of there's just like a billion little things that kind of make no sense
0: yeah Andromeda and Io being two of those little billion things that do not make sense
1: (laughs) yes so my I don't I couldn't find any evidence for this but my sort of headcanon or like my my not even headcanon my theory for this movie is that Andromeda and Io were originally like one character Mm -hmm. that there was this princess who who joins Perseus on the adventure, and those was probably in a sort of way that they wanted to have like a little bit more of like I guess maybe in like the 2010s she's kind of that like sort of action female action hero, but she's not quite the hero. She's always like a little bit yeah. sort of subservient to the main male protagonist, but she's like mm-hmm. a little bit she's not always like damsel in distress, but only right. sometimes she's a little like I think there's like there's that window in like two thousands yeah. action movies that Cara
0: she... Knightley in Pirates mm-hmm. of the Caribbean.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's like perfect example. <laughs> yeah. She sword fights. But, but but she occasionally needs rescue.
0: Exactly. Yeah.
1: Baby steps, guys. Until we get to a Charlize Theron. Until we're getting to Charlize Theron movies.
0: Yes. Yes, please. But yeah, because
1: there's like Andromeda shows up in the beginning. There's a the bit where her mother goes off on how beautiful Andromeda is, which is I guess what causes the the Hades to come down and and yeah. set everything straight. But then Andromeda disappears for like. The rest of the movie
0: she doesn't go on the quest she's like mm-hmm. this character that isn't a character she's the threatened sort of maiden in the tower mm-hmm. uh that, very you know, king like,
1: kong-esque they what? do the whole like
0: totally king kong i thought that too but she yeah she has no personality she doesn't do anything mm-hmm. other than the like i'm willing to be a sacrifice
1: oh and apparently the 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 that cult thing was that was a that's that I did find the like crazy cult of Hades yeah was originally a part of the original script where they were like a cult of Tiamat who were gonna do something to Andromeda <laughs> yeah so it seems like they, then they kind of shoehorn in this Io character who by the way is not a cow so pedantic brain is like Neh. I know <laughs> I mean th- this would be absurd but how crazy would it be if actually just like a talking cow showed up
0: See, I think that would be cool
1: <laughs> context in in Greek myth Io is turned into a cow As a result of another one of Zeus's many transgressions.
0: Yeah. But she does, like, she's supposed to, like, wander the world as a Mm cat, right? Yeah. I Mm -hmm. think it would have been fun if she was a (laughs) She was a
1: talking cat. Yeah. This movie deemed itself too good for a mechanical owl, because it's that bit where they bring out Bubo from the original movie, you know, the the famous sort of robo-owl. Yeah. And then the movie's like, get that, get rid of that, like, we're better than that. (laughs) Which is like, you're not better than that. You're
0: not. You're not. No, so I read the... Yeah. Andromeda was originally supposed to be the actual love interest and that they sort of changed it almost halfway through to make mm-hmm. Io the love interest instead of like platonic protector friend. And they had to like do reshoots at the end to sort of make them get together.
1: <laughs> there's a bit at the very end that I, I had I like pause. I was like, wait, what? Cause there's a bit at the very end where Andromeda and Perseus are on the beach Mm-hmm. and Perseus says something like, "Like they, they kind of vaguely seem to be talking about Andromeda's like, what if you married me and like became king? And Perseus yeah. is like, nah, thanks. <laughs> uh, because the movie seemed like it was insinuating that there was some kind of romance between them. Even yeah. though they've been together, I think, this is the second time they've been sort of face-to-face in the right. movie. Yeah, So yeah, the Andromeda character's left in this weird nebulous hole. I don't know if you, have you seen the sequel? I Because they retcon the her. Yeah. Yeah, because well, first of all, they recast her as, as Rosamund Pike. Yeah. and she looks completely different completely she's different. Bl- she's blonde in the sequel and it when I think I saw the sequel it took me a hot minute to realize it was supposed to be the same character
0: I don't think I realized that it was supposed to be the same character
1: yeah and in, in that movie she is the like war she's like the warrior queen she's like leading the, the Greek armies against the Titans which also sorry minor pedantic quibble there are like zero Titans in this movie and none of them clash nope. No, I think there were reshoots. I think at one point, one of the witches said something about Medusa and the Kraken being Titans, but it's all like all over the place. There's no, there's no Titans.
0: They're not, they're not, I guess, Mm -hmm. right? No, that's, it just, it doesn't work. And I remember the ending being very funky and then Mm -hmm. reading later, I was like, oh, I guess it makes sense if you're trying to change tiny little things toward the end. Because, like, they never kiss or, like, hug or, like, there's no sort of, you know, romantic no. uh, triumph at the end where it's like, yeah. oh, yeah, dead.
1: Z- Zeus brings her back. Or in a creepier alternative version, just make some kind of, like, replica, which yeah. I don't think is what's going on. But I think he's supposed to have brought her back from the dead. Yeah. And they just kind of smile at each other.
0: Yeah. So I'm like, they probably weren't even in the same room or, like, if it's a reshoot.
1: <laughs> they have, because, yeah, Perseus and Io have, like, that one flirtatious scene in the boat. Yep. Where she's, like, teaching him how to fight Medusa or something. And then she says the line that I wrote down because it was driving me nuts where she says, "Easier storm." Yeah, What, which is, I, that, what which is, is that? I, was like, uh, I think we know what, he, what she was talking about. <laughs> um,
0: but it was weird. It felt very out of character. No. And I think it
1: goes hand in hand with I think the Perseus character in this movie being a bit of a cardboard cipher. Yes. So it's hard to it's hard to really have a, a kind of convincing love story with a character like that. Yeah. Well, like in the yeah, because in a way like this movie I think wanted to get away from the the damsel in distress that like the Perseus myth with Perseus and Andromeda is the like archetypal
0: yeah
1: damsel in distress. So it's like a woman chained to a rock about to be fed to a sea serpent, and Perseus flies down and, and rescues her. You know, it's Peach in the Castle. Yes. <laughs> that kind of level Yeah. damsel in distress. And this movie didn't want to do that. But then in the, like we just ended up with this silly, this weird sort of silly bit.
0: Yeah. It's like, it's like halfway between two things. It's like, they still wanted to have this part of the story, but they changed their minds halfway through. Mm-hmm. and It doesn't follow through, but the whole flirty thing with IO did make me think of this movie has like two different like training sessions and then suddenly yes. percy is just like the best sword that's a
1: true you know? that's yeah that's a trope that's like <laughs> one of these like bs hollywood tropes where, like in order to like the hero has to go from from like a peasant or a blacksmith or a farmer or whatever there was and then we need some reason for the hero to yeah like be a, like a badass sword fighter by the end and so like in pirates Orlando blooms like i practice with my swords every day or yeah. something <laughs> And then this movie and another other ones, there's, like, a sequence where, yeah, like, some somebody, like, teaches the hero how to sword fight. Gives them, like, yep. one, like, minute-long lesson.
0: Yep. And that's, something so good.
1: <laughs> Speaking of Orlando Bloom, I was reminded, because there's a scene exactly like this in Kingdom of Heaven. Yes. Where Liam Neeson teaches Orlando Bloom how to sword fight in five minutes. Yep. And then from then on, Orlando Bloom's, like, he's at the top of his class yep. at sword fighting. He's a bomb. Um, yeah, there's, there's two of these, because Io also teaches perseus how to fight medusa
0: and he's like the old one who walks yeah. out
1: <laughs> and then conveniently she's like oh yeah also i can't go in the temple to help you guys you're on your own okay cool <laughs> and then just lets calido sneak up on her
0: uh, i know right it's it mm.
1: It's just like such contrived drama yes in like very it, it, it's like a it's like a very sort of Hastily shod Dungeons and Dragons campaign or something, or, the, or the, the DM has to be like, uh, we need a reason for Io to like go. So, uh, Calibos sneaks up and you didn't see him. Also, we need to we need you to get back to Argos really quick. So, here's Pegasus. Okay, cool.
0: Yep, yep. Well, I sort of saw it also as like a oh you leveled up, so now you have a faster mode of transportation, or <laughs> oh you fought the scorpions and you leveled up, therefore you get a cool new scorpion shield. <laughs>
1: Yeah, and I guess like the movie at one point is basically even in the first training montage, it's kind of innately saying that just because Perseus is a demigod, he's just sort of innately badass.
0: I guess. Well, it's and uh, at different points they seem to be able to like sense his existence. Where <laughs> is it, <laughs> Zeus is at some point like, there's still a demigod in Argos or something.
1: The gods' omniscience is another one of these like weird plot hole conveniences because like Hades can hear when when Andromeda's mom. Right. He's talking smack <laughs> and shows up and then Zeus can't hear all this Hades conspiring it's yeah it's all very myopic yeah so should we talk about Medusa now
0: yes let's talk about Medusa which just sort of makes me sad because I think Medusa is a really fun interesting monster if you want to call her that but mm-hmm. she does like in canon myth, have this super tragic backstory that they very casually just sort of throw out. Yeah,
1: they, they, they blow by it. They're like, Io tells this like very upsetting sort of rape story. Yeah, And then two minutes later, Perseus is like, don't look this bitch in the eye or something. They're like, all right, let's go kill her.
0: Yeah, it's it doesn't really track. Like if you're going to use Medusa as a scary monster, make her a scary monster. <laughs> if
1: you mm. want to,
0: it seemed weird to
1: include it's a weird effort to humanize Medusa that, that these, it, it sort of, it seems like a shout out to be like, look, we did our homework.
0: Yeah. But there's no payoff. It's like, they don't no. try to talk to her. They don't like
1: mm-hmm.
0: have any sort of real human interaction with her.
1: Yeah. It was a weird, yeah. It was like, like I, I think I said, like it was like a moment to hu- try and humanize her, but to like no effect. And then yeah. like, I don't know if you've seen like, cause in other Medusa, like you said, is like an a interesting character to really sort of get into the weeds with. Cause she has, this like, she's a very sort of sympathetic. She's incredibly sympathetic character. And I don't know if you've ever seen, there's a BBC series called Atlantis and Medusa is a character in that. She's like one of the leads. I think I actually, I've only seen like bits of the show, so I only know about it kind of secondhand, but it's more like she's one of the leads. And then eventually she ends up with her sort of curse. And I think there's a prophecy involved where she knows something's going to happen. There's kind of a, so they they kind of in that show, she becomes like sort of a tragic figure hmm. uh, in that sense where she's one of the protagonists. And then, And it's not even like, even after she's cursed, she's not, she doesn't become evil. She just kind of, I think like sequesters herself away because they're turning people into STEM thing. Yeah. I think again, this movie, like different sources or intentions or themes in this movie sort of pulling apart because you have the kind of 1981 version where like she looks, she's basically just her, her design is just an updated version of that, where she's got the bow and arrow and the snake body. That's all, that's all from the 1981 movie. But then also this this theme that wants to be like the gods suck and they're the worst and they do all these terrible things. So we'll we'll work in Medusa's sort of horrible origins, and they go together like oil and water.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, because in their actual like battle, like Mm -hmm. everybody dies. Like there's a good you know chunk of the crew that goes in there Mm -hmm. to get Medusa's head, and they Mm -hmm. all die. And, and then
1: unnecessarily, the one that another like, again, to like plot holes or like weirdnesses that like drive me up a wall is like the Mads Mickelson character sort of sacrifices himself, but like to no effect. It's, it's yeah. not like his sacrifice doesn't like give Perseus the opening window that he needs. No, he act Like they're playing it up like it is, but he sort of just dies. And then Perseus just goes back to fighting Medusa. It, like his sacrifice is like completely unnecessary.
0: Yeah. Um, and it's like, this is not the big boss like this is not the end battle this is not Mm -hmm. the big dramatic you know climax of the story this is just a little step on our journey we're getting the thing to kill the other thing and so it's weird to me that literally everybody dies well
1: because they needed every they needed to write everybody out of the story because they only had space on pegasus's back for one person obviously (laughs) which is why which is why they all get sort of and i guess there's also there's they're a couple of them effectively serve the red, because sh- we've run out of, we have some sort of red shirts to like yeah. coin the Star Trek term, like the guys that get, the sort of nameless guys that get like ripped in half by Calibos or yep. stabbed by the Scorpions. And we've run out of those. At this point, it's basically like name brand only characters. Right. So we got, you know, we got Nicholas Holt. So we've got uh, Nux and we've got Davos Seaworth <laughs> and that other guy that I thought was Garrett Headland but isn't Garrett Headland. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And they... Well, the
0: Hound was there for a while, wasn't he?
1: Yes, he was. Yeah, the <laughs> Hound had a cameo. Yeah, so at, at, when they go into Medusa's temple, they effectively become the new Red Shirts, because we need someone to get turned to stone to yeah. show that Medusa can do that. You're not going to bring Medusa into the... if nobody, if at least one person isn't getting turned to stone.
0: But, I mean, yeah, at least one. I, I mean, you sort of expect that, but all <laughs> mm-hmm. of them?
1: Yeah. Really. Also, and the the, the Jinn guy, for some reason, the stare doesn't work on him. But uh, it works on the Kraken.
0: Uh, yeah, that it, oh. it sort of
1: if if the stair didn't work, they should have just sent that guy in because right? like, he seemed to have it unlocked, and then he blows up for some reason.
0: Yeah, I didn't get that. I didn't. I was like, why? Why?
1: I don't know. <laughs>
0: I yeah. did notice when everybody was like dying that two of like the red shirts were named like Draco and then Solon. I was like, yeah. oh, you guys didn't throw in Cleisthenes in there? We got all of our lawmakers. <laughs>
1: Draco, Draco is the Mads Mickelson character, I think, yes. and I think Solon is Davos Seaworth, I yes. think.
0: Yes, Cunningham or something. Yes,
1: yes, yeah. yes, yes. <laughs> and then the Nicholas Holt, because I looked this up, I think he's Eusebius.
0: Yeah, it's like it's like somebody cracked open a textbook and was like.
1: Yeah, I, 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 I bet they honestly just went to like Wikipedia for like. Greek names, and they just scrolled down until they found ones that they liked. Yep. <laughs> so, yeah. I guess, I think it's, it's, like, sort of shallow as this movie is. We're sort of, we're, we're, we're burning through our topics. I know. Because mostly, like, most of what I have to say about this movie is, like, quibbles. Because I, I put in my bids, fun facts and quibbles. But we should, we would be remiss, I think, if we didn't at least talk about, like, the art and design of this film.
0: Which I think is sort of similar to the mythology that it's trying to pull together. It's just sort of taking these sort of things that people will recognize as quote-unquote Greek and smashing them all together, which is not necessarily a bad thing. I think Troy did something similar. Which I think, uh, if I
1: recall, you liked about Troy.
0: I did like about Troy. I know. I didn't hate... Like Like that uh, you
1: have like an 8th century statue next to like a 12th century piece of art or something like that.
0: I mean... Mm. the god design really bugs me. So like the shiny, like full plate metal armor of gods bothers me.
1: So apparently that's uh, the director, Louis Leterrier in an interview, he said he's a big fan of Masami uh, Kuramata's Saint Seiya manga. Also uh, Knights of the Zodiac is another title. It's known by I've never seen or read this manga or seen its anime, but apparently the armor that the gods wear is directly inspired by that.
0: Weird, but that makes sense, I guess, from like a very visual media. But yeah, it it <laughs> looks bizarre next to. I think like the city of Argos actually looked kind of fun. It was like kind mm-hmm. of dirty, and it looked like there were real people. Mm-hmm. And the interiors again are sort of louder versions of what Troy did with like the snake goddesses. Mm-hmm. Um, Andromeda has a little bee pendant from from Knossos. I
1: I didn't, I didn't notice that. Yeah. Yeah. It is like, it's like, like, like a louder, a little bit like less refined. We're like in Troy, I think it's sort of, if you, I mean, if you sort of look very carefully, you can pick out the like discrepancies of like, these are sort of mishmash time periods and cultures that we're kind of shoving together. Right. But in this, it, it struck me as much more obvious yeah it, it's and like a little later. like less subtle is like they just sort of like the the set design and the costume design people were just like cycling through like a, just a textbook of greek art and architecture and we're just like boom take that take that throw that in put that in there you know because we, we've got like i think at one point in like the palace there's like like the classical like athena parthenos statue or yes. like athena with like the shield and the spear and then there's also like the we, we you talked about in Troy, there's like the Minoan snake girls. Mm-hmm. They show back up basically yep. or like a he similar did. thing. <laughs> the armor is like this sort of like a, that kind of classical like hoplite design with the round shields and Yeah, but it's all just kind of like smashed together. Yeah. Uh, or and like and Hades is wearing some kind of like leather like gimp suit with like a like a rag. Like he's in this like full leather like
0: No, oh, it looks weird. Yeah, like, and his
1: hairline. They, like, brought his hairline back.
0: Why? Um,
1: all of the, the facial hair, like, Zeus's facial hair looks... It's fake, right?
0: It has to be. It, like, had that big, like, fake curl at the end. It was, like, a, almost cartoonish.
1: Yeah, it, it was all all kinds of weird. Also, there's really only two gods in this movie. There's Zeus and yeah. Hades. We see some of the other ones. Luke Evans' Apollo talks.
0: Yeah, I think um, Hermes might talk briefly like has one line
1: Mm -hmm. but
0: i think he's the one who's like not even in the movie basically yeah
1: yeah and i think like this movie in many ways is i think like just sort of a like a sort of cruder derivation of of movies before it or things before it and like which in the original likes just sort of aren't even all that great in themselves like the design kind of feels like it's like a knockoff Troy it's like a knockoff design from Troy Mm -hmm. the I was actually really just thinking of so Polly Walker who plays I think her character's name is Cassiopeia but she plays Andromeda's mom who just came off she's sort of her breakout where she's Adia in the Rome series like it really just felt that good (laughs) yeah she's excellent and it really just felt that they wanted her to like reprise that character Mm
0: -hmm. for just
1: that one scene yeah, because Rome had just happened or it just seemed like this whole thing is kind of like, you know, it's just kind of derivative and sort of uninspired.
0: Yeah, where it's like, who's a good villain? Ah, Voldemort. Let's
1: mm-hmm. Voldemort Hades. <laughs> exactly. Yes, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Liam Neeson's like stoic. Let's make him Zeus. Yeah, that's, I guess, another question. We, we sort of complained about like the way the gods look in this movie, but like depicting the gods in live action is a bit of a trick. Yeah. Cause like honestly, my favorite depiction of Greek gods in like any medium might actually be Disney Hercules, where they kind of have that like glowy <laughs> aura and they're and they're cartoonish and they have like exaggerated exaggerated proportions, things like that. Which for really, me, it kind of like it's good at like capturing the essence of like what the gods about. This movie's god design, I'm like not a fan of, but I'm not sure what I would how I would do it differently.
0: No, and I feel like this is one of the first movies that really put the gods as like. I guess supposedly big main characters in the Mm -hmm. story like Troy decidedly did not have gods Mm -hmm. to its benefit I think and Alexander Mm -hmm. sort of doesn't have a mythical aspect to it Um, Mm -hmm. but even in 300 while everything is really mythologized there are no gods Mm -hmm. I mean we call him he's like the god king and he's sort of like giant but there still were not god characters and so this Uh, I guess this is like one of the first big ones where there are, there take up a lot of screen time. And so we have to decide how we want to see them visually. And I guess it is kind of hard I don't like what they did, but I don't have a good answer to what would be better. I
1: was sort of reminded. Oh, uh, I guess it hasn't come out yet because I was about to say Olympus looks a lot like Asgard from the Marvel universe. Although this movie actually predates the first Thor movie by a year, so I can't actually I can't actually knock them for that. Okay, but yeah, it has. Yeah, it's just it's sort of, and then we'll, I, we're going to talk about it next week with Immortals, where like they went for a design in. The immortals gods have like a look that's like they look like they're coming out of like a Fellini movie or something or like some kind of weird art art house.
0: Yeah, well, they look kind of plastic, like they look fake.
1: Yeah, they look yeah, they look very strange in that movie too, which we'll talk about in yeah. due time. Yeah, but yeah, the gods are are sort kind of weird. weird.
0: Now that we think about it, I think Troy Fall of a City the miniseries, mm-hmm. uh, I kind of liked the way they did the gods because they yeah
1: they were it seemed like they were barely in it, but they yeah. were just they showed up. On Earth, and they were just having these councils, and I think they were more or less in, like, not quite disguise, but they looked like people. I think the idea was that, like, when they come down to Earth, they're going to look normal. Yeah. Actually, that's a that's a move. Yeah. I almost like that idea that, like, you actually don't really show Olympus, or if you do, it's only in sort of elude. It's not – you don't get, like, a good view of it, and then the gods just kind of come to Earth, and then they take on, like, various visages or whatever.
0: No, I kind liked that because you – sometimes just see like a sliver of a god and it's mm-hmm. only and they look normal but mm-hmm. kind of scary at the same time
1: yeah, yeah like like there's i think there's like things you can do beyond just visual effects and costume like just the way you shoot them to kind of like yeah plot things with like like yeah the camera and the end of and the music just to imply that like and the acting that like this person is like more beneath the surface than what they seem. yeah,
0: seen. yeah. Let's do our fun facts and
1: quibbles. Okay. I have a couple. My favorite fun... There is one great fun fact that I found <laughs> about this movie. I can't wait. I don't know if you know the one I'm going to say. I don't know. <laughs> because... Okay. So in 2014, three years later, there's a, a Graham Norton show, and Emma Thompson and Luke Evans and Lanny Kravitz and Hugh Grant are all there.
0: Oh, and Emma Thompson
1: tells a story at the same time this movie was being filmed. Emma Thompson was filming Nanny McPhee in like the next studio over and she wanted to go visit her good friend Liam Neeson and she goes over and she's in costume she had, she had, she's like walking off the set of Nanny McPhee. She, she walks off set. She goes onto the set of this movie and they're about to shoot the scene in Olympus where, where Hades comes up and is like talking to Zeus and she didn't have time to get out of the, the way. And so she just like crouched behind one of the thrones in Olympus. And so like this great, like it's like it will change, I think how you view this movie. Because if you know that like during the scene with Zeus and Hades talking, Nanny McPhee is hiding behind one of the thrones.
0: That that does make me really happy.
1: Yeah. So she's just, she's just there. I, I wish that there was almost a moment where like, if you looked carefully enough, like. Could, like see in her hat or something. Exactly. Yeah. Like, or like, you know, in Lord of the Rings, there was like famously a scene where like a car drives by in the background or yep. something like that.
0: Yep. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so that's like my one good fun fact is that Nanny McPhee is also in this movie, which I think should be taken as canon and that she's just yes. like part of the pantheon. I love it. Aphrodite, Zeus, Dionysus, Nanny McPhee. Oh my God. The other other things that I mean, there's there's lots of again, like we sort of talked about like Hollywood likes to repeat itself in weird ways. And like, Mm -hmm. you know, a lot of the people in this movie either had been in sort of previously classical themed movies like Polly Walker, or would go on to be in other ones. Or, like, Vincent Reagan, who's the king. He was, he was you know, Eudorus in Troy, and then he was the captain in 300, and now he's the king in this movie. Yeah. Luke Evans is going to become Zeus the next year in Immortals. Yeah. He was Apollo in this movie. He has one line. <laughs> also, the movie does that, that annoying thing where every time Zeus is talking, he, like, says the person's name out loud. He's like, Apollo, yes. And so it's like, <laughs> we can, you know, it's like, is there no other way for you to get, like, the exposit to us that, like, that is Apollo?
0: Nope. Apparently not.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. And like the hound's going to have a cameo. Although he, yeah. he had a cameo in something else we just watched, didn't he? I
0: feel like he did.
1: It was an Alexander. He's an Alexander. He's one of the generals. Oh, my
0: gosh. Really?
1: Yeah. Oh, my mm-hmm. gosh. Yeah. 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 Hollywood like... is like weirdly yeah. cyclical or something mm-hmm. in that way. While we were talking about the gods, I was thinking about the Percy Jackson movies <laughs> and Kevin McKidd, who is Poseidon in the Percy Jackson movies was Varanus in Rome. Oh, yeah. Just strange ways to sort of be typecast and and reappear. It's all very kind of funny that way. Yeah. I already complained about there's no titans in this movie. Yep. The one, another thing that I like scratch my brain too much, more than I should is, is Hades like multiple harpies when he turns into like those like flying monsters? Furies, oh yeah, the Furies. So, like, is he the Furies? Is he like a hive mind? Does he split up and he's like simultaneously five things? <laughs> or
0: are they like part of his armor? They like crawl into his cloak. I don't know. Because
1: they they all fly together and turn yeah. into him, right? At one point,
0: it's very weird.
1: So they worked in the the what well, they call them the Stygian witches, but in mythology they're called the the eye. These old women they share an eye, and then in some versions they also have a tooth that they share between them and swap around. That's another one of these classic tropes, which they do work in. But they also follow the like. I'm dubbing it now, but I call it the the bogus Bunsen Bean model. Whereas when you have three people yeah. who are like up, who are like themed, there's always yeah. like one fat, one short, one lean. Yeah. There's always like there's like a fat one, a like tall one, and like a short one. Yep. And there's like once you start seeing it, I feel like you see it everywhere. Yeah. I'm gonna dub that trope bogus Bunsen Bean. One fat, one short, one lean. <laughs> I like that. One of the things I actually do, not to just harp nonstop on this movie, but I do actually, the action scenes, many of them do kind of work for me. Particularly, I do kind of like the last scene where Pegasus, is fl- he's flying around on Pegasus. Yeah. But I was reminded that in the original Clash of the Titans with the claymation, they had this big debate about what to do with Pegasus' legs. Because they have those horse. because it's like, when you're going to have a horse fly, like, what are the legs going to do? Are they going to just, like, kind of hang there? Are they going to, like, tuck, tuck up? up. <laughs> yeah, are you... And so they decided that they, they would have Pegasus in the claymation. He would basically just be running. And so when he flies, he's, like, also, it's like he's, like, running through the air. That was, fun. like, what they... Yeah, which I think was, like, probably the best solution. Yes. It is kind of a funny thing to think about. And this movie, like, does, is kind of clever, but it's, like, Pegasus, like, alternates between, like, flying and running and, like... Mm-hmm. Jumping off, but they kind of keep that a little bit. Where I think like Pegasus does kind of. I also think they try to avoid long shots of just Pegasus, or they like you don't see what his yeah. legs are doing at all the time because it yeah. is like kind of a funny thing to think about. What are the horse's legs doing while he's flying? <laughs> flying.
0: <laughs> I I didn't hate. I guess all the action shots, but I will say like the final Kraken battle ends like immediately. It's almost mm-hmm. over as soon as it begins.
1: Yeah, well, you could tell like they needed to think of a way to prolong it because really what he had, all he has to do is show the head to the Kraken, which yeah. which takes all of three seconds. So they right. needed to find a way to like jazz it up. So which is why they had like the, the Furies come down and, and steal the bag so we could like extend that a little bit. Because, yeah, I mean, like, th- 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 even the way you set it up, like, he doesn't really have to fight the Kraken. No. He just has to show it. Because in, again, like we said, there's multiple versions of the Perseus myth. But the one that I'm thinking of or that I'm most familiar with, so he doesn't have Pegasus. That, in Greek myth, belongs to a different hero. But he has these winged sandals it gets from Hermes, so he can fly. But he he just, like, stabs, he just, like, fights the sea serpent. Like, he just kills it with his yeah. sword. Yeah. And then he uses the head for, for something else, But yeah, from like a sort of action screenwriting standpoint, you're kind of in like a weird little corner. Because the thing he has to do is now become incredibly simple. Yes. So we got to like throw extra obstacles in our hero's way. So we can have that final shot with the Kraken.
0: Yeah. Which I, I wanted more of that. It's like, there's this, you know, big thing that they build up for all Mm -hmm. of the movie. And then. So they
1: could get Liam Neeson to say, release the Kraken. Yeah, exactly.
0: (laughs) And become an internet (laughs) meme. Yeah. like. You don't really see like you see parts of it crumble, but there's no like big wide shot of it coming to rest over the city as this like weird giant sculpture. And I then- don't quite
1: know how many limbs it has because it's got tentacles, yeah. but it's also got like hands and maybe legs. I'm not sure. Well,
0: so it's like a crab octopus, maybe.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But again, sort of heavily inspired by the the original.
0: Yes. Movie. But they when so like Perseus and Andromeda fall into the water afterward, but then they don't wash up on shore by the city. And then the They're boats like,
1: show up and the boats know where they are.
0: I was like, "Where did you go? Why were you over <laughs> <Yeah>. there?" <laughs>
1: She just ended up on some random. Yeah, they were like, "Yeah, you're right." Because they're like in a harbor in a yeah, city. Yeah. And she falls in the water, and then they wake up on like a on like an island from one of the Pirates of the Caribbean movies. Right. And there's ships there, and andromeda says like the ships are coming for me, and I'm, and I'm like, "What ship? Who? Like, like hang on. <laughs> How Where? do they know you're here? Uh, Where are you? Like, probably like." probably because like the the original script or something like it probably worked out differently.
0: Well yeah, I'm thinking maybe like the final battle like took them away from the city or there's like something that was cut out
1: there. Maybe it was just like I don't know if that scene was reshot or not or like maybe they just like had to do a reshoot and they yeah. couldn't like reproduce the the city. It's very hand-wavy.
0: Yeah. I have a I have a fun fact kind of Oh yeah, hit, I hit us up. <laughs> So there is a Bond girl in both this movie and in the original. Oh. In the 1980, is it 81? What is yeah,
1: 81.
0: Ursula Andress plays Aphrodite, mm-hmm. and she is famously in Dr. No. And then Gemma Adderton? Adderton? Adder-t- yeah, that's Kyle. I think Gemma
1: Adderton. She's in... Quantum of Solace. That's right. She's the one that gets oiled up, right? Yep. I said that weird. She gets like they they pour they, they kill her by like covering her in crude oil.
0: Yo, I think they like drown her in oil or something.
1: Yeah, it's kind of like an in
0: like a goldfinger kind of thing.
1: And actually in in the next one, Rosman Pike is in the sequel and she is in one of the Pierce Brosnan's. Is she? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Let me look it up. Hang on. Okay. Uh it is Die Another Day.
0: Oh, man, I didn't remember that.
1: I think she's the talk about like Bond sort of tropes. Yeah. I think she turns evil or was evil all along or something like that.
0: Oh, that makes sense.
1: (laughs) Oh man. I mean, I could go on about like little things that sort of bug me about this movie, but I don't want to (laughs) like I'm gonna just like we should create like a bonus episode that's just me like, but what about this? What about this? What about this? (laughs) Why did that happen?
0: Why would they do this? So yeah, we've
1: been jump
0: into the what we would do. Maybe yeah,
1: I was just I was just about to say, so like we've been the last couple of episodes, we've been talking about like if we would take a different approach to this story or this mode. And what would we do?
0: I don't know if I would pick Perseus as a retelling, but like you said earlier, it does like offer a lot of opportunity. You could kind of go anywhere with this sort of blank canvas. Mm-hmm. or really, it's like an outline. It's like a structure.
1: Yeah, it's the original sort of model.
0: Yeah, but I think it would be fun to do the anti hero sort of focus on maybe Medusa or the monsters.
1: I was about to say, yeah. Yeah, like a Medusa story. And you could have it like. I mean, I guess that would probably be in vi- in vogue in, vague- in vogue now because it seems like at this moment we're really into that kind of postmodern like deconstruction. Like, heroes are the villains, villains are the heroes. Thing. I say this because I kind of I just started watching The Boys, um, which is that exactly where it's yep. like, what if the Justice League were actually like a bunch of psychopaths?
0: I just started season two.
1: <laughs> yeah, and there were like there was a there was that movie. I don't think I didn't see it, but it was like I think it was called Brightburn, but it was basically like what if Superman was oh yeah like like here to kill us
0: yeah. Also, Suicide Squad, Birds of Prey, mm-hmm. sort of. This,
1: yeah. Um, yeah. yeah Anti heroes are kind of in vogue now. And oh man, you could totally spin a story where Perseus is just like like almost like Prince Charming in the Shrek movies. Yeah. It's kind of a weird analogy, but he's like, he's like, here's your archetypal sort of good right. guy. He's like blonde and pretty or whatever, but he's actually like spoiled and, and, and messed up. And like, <laughs> he's just kind of a sociopath.
0: That would be good. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That would be, I mean, I think like, I, who knows what, what audiences are going to go in for in like this day and age. Right. I think this might be the first one where I actually would say not a mini series. Cause all the other things we've talked about, mm. I think would be better. Like, Know a Trojan War miniseries or an Alexander the Great HBO or Netflix miniseries or a Persian War miniseries. I think this one is better in like because you said it's like it's a tight contained story. It's like Perseus goes and fights a monster, or in this case, or it's Medusa trying, you know, trying to get away or get free or even come to terms with her own transformation or realize that her monstrosity is. There's actually a webcomic I think I read recently that is about like Medusa sort of in that fashion where she's this kind of this sort of tragic heroine or yeah. set in that way.
0: I think of uh, Cersei by Madeline Miller uh, mm.
1: mm-hmm.
0: was, came out a few years ago, I think. But it's, yeah, yeah, sort of taking that different perspective on people originally labeled as villains.
1: Mm-hmm. I think in this, I, I think also like just particularly like in Year of Our Lord 2020, that seems pretty prescient. Yeah. particularly with sort of the like there's there's like Medusa herself also has a long history as like a sort of not like feminist icon but as a sort of a symbol yeah. for modern feminism definitely and like the, yeah the sort of victimization and the the symbol that is Medusa and you know a take, there's a taking that back narrative that I think is like yes. right here in the story yes that is just begging to be done conversely are there any other aside from Perseus, because I mean, also in this movie, Perseus is Perseus. He's also Bellerophon. He's also a little bit Hercules. He's yeah. He's like a he's a kaleidoscope of of, of all the Greek heroes in this movie. Yeah. Are there any Greek heroes that you would want to do or like feel like ha- we haven't like what's the hot take? Who's the hero we haven't seen yet?
0: Uh, I mean, we haven't really seen much of Theseus, but also I think some of the other heroes I I would want to be the villains, especially mm-hmm. Jason. Yeah, Um, or any sort of like Argonauts story that might be kind Mm -hmm. of fun is like get them all together on a boat. (laughs) But Jason is sort of one of the easier ones that we could make into a villain because he's. Oh yeah,
1: I mean they are they were doing that already in like the fifth century. Yeah, Um, yeah. There's a you know the the Medea play. He's kind of a. He's definitely not the hero. No. Um, no. He's, he um, sucks in many ways. Sort
0: of like, um, who is it Jason who gets like smashed by the boat when it just like falls over?
1: Yes, I believe that's him.
0: I love that. I, I want mm-hmm. that to be some sort of like, you know, very satisfying ending to a mm-hmm. horrible person just gets squashed by his own boat. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I mean, what I think we're getting, not to put words in your mouth, but you're asking for a Medea story. I am. Story.
0: Yep, I, yeah. would, I would have a Medea story. Because I think she's yeah, I mean, she'd also be cool. vilified. She gets,
1: she's got magic, man. It'd be awesome.
0: Yeah, she has like a chariot pulled by dragons. I love mm-hmm. it. Yeah, I'm badass. In
1: it. <laughs> I was about to say, I'm thinking Orpheus, as I think. Although, actually, we have Hades' town, yeah. which is that. But also, if you're into sort of classic... Well, I guess it's French-Brazilian film, but um, Orfeo Negro or Black Orpheus is a great uh, Camus film. That's the Orpheus story, but set in Rio de Janeiro in like the 50s, I think. That's pretty. Yeah, it's pretty. It's it's great. I want to do that movie at some point because it hits oh. all of my buttons for various <laughs> reasons. Nice. I don't know. I'm trying to like see if I can pull like like a random deep dive hero. What about like Cadmus or something like that? He's a dragon slayer. Yeah, I also kind of like. I kind of like the idea that the original screenwriters have, where it's like, what if it was just every god, and it was like <laughs> Zeus and 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 Osiris, and like, you know gilgamesh or whoever are like are going at it odin or whatever is there and and, and indra and it's just like let's just go create that's like a marvel comic that's like stuff like that
0: yeah it's like avengers but god (laughs) go
1: with the god yeah but yeah we need to assemble a crack team of like hercules and gilgamesh and
0: that would be fun actually siegmund
1: or whatever yeah so any closing thoughts on remember the clash of the titans
0: (laughs) uh we didn't need a sequel
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah this movie didn't do well commercially. or no sorry it, it didn't do well critically it did well commercially it made almost 500 million which i guess isn't that crazy these I mean, days but yeah it made enough to warrant a sequel yeah. uh, which i think was somehow even worse
0: i i don't i didn't need it i don't think the i might have repressed it,
1: it. <laughs> honestly in retrospect we should have come out swinging and just been like Yeah, I really liked how this movie was about a sort of like a a desegregated football team. (laughs) It was a little bit different from our usual wheelhouse, but I I liked it. (laughs) Uh, I feel like it'd be a great thing to watch on like a school trip bus ride.
0: Yes.
1: (laughs) Yeah. um, So I guess, yeah, Clash of the Titans. uh, um, Yeah, put it it back in Tartarus.
0: Put it back. Put it back.
1: (laughs) So yeah, so this is we're going to do next week. We're going to do Immortals which came out the following year, again, because it seems like Hollywood likes to do things in sort of pairs or waves. So we're going to be talking about Immortals next week. And that, I think we were just talking before we started recording. It's going to kind of close our first kind of five episode chunk, which I'm going to probably call like the crunchy ones as we're sort of, we have <laughs> poor audio quality and are trying to figure out how to do this before we kind of hit our stride. Or, or if you're me and you just talk 90% of the time. <laughs> I interrupt. Yeah. So we're going to do Immortals Next, and it's going to close our first sort of five-episode block, and then we're going to come out with sort of... We're still deciding, where we're going to come back with a sort of differently-themed batch of another five movies that are hopefully going to kind of align either chronologically or thematically. All right. Yeah. Thank you guys for listening, and bye! Bye!